A reading from Paul's first letter to the church of Thessalonica. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Bible is full of commands, uh, all kinds of commands. Do these things, don't do these other things, and they go on and on and on. And, and all of these commands have been given to us by God uh, to teach us how to live. But as we hear these commands, as we read these commands, they can be overwhelming for us. We see that in our reading from 1 Thessalonians this morning. Uh, this is at the end of the letter that Paul wrote to these early Christians. And, and even in just these few verses we read this morning, there's a whole series of commands. It's a rapid-fire list, one coming right after another. And there's almost this sense of panic that comes through in the writing as Paul's trying to finish up this letter. He's trying to get all these last thoughts out, and he wants to make sure and squeeze them all in as the letter comes to a close. As I was reading over these words this week, it reminded me of the musical Hamilton. Uh, and there's a recurring line in that musical about Alexander Hamilton that says this, riding like you're running out of time, right? That, that line comes up in various songs throughout that musical. Hamilton, he had so much work to do as he was trying to get a new country started, as he was trying to deal with his own personal uh, reality and problems. And there wasn't enough time to do it all and yet he was trying to squeeze it all in. He wanted to do as much as he could. And of course, the whole style of that musical, being hip-hop and rap, um, it comes at you very quickly and unceasingly, and there's just this ba-bam, 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 right? There's this, this steady flow. I, I read a review about Hamilton that um, the average musical has six to 7,000 words in it, and Hamilton has over 20,000. So it's just a lot of content that comes at you very quickly. Here at the end of this letter, Paul is trying to squeeze in all of these remaining thoughts, and it's just ba-bam, 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 right? We get this list of commands. There's a frenzy there. It's so quick, and it can be a bit overwhelming to read. We don't have time to process one command before the next one's coming at us. And I know my default response when someone is giving me a list of things to do and it's these demands placing towards me, it's like a train racing towards me, and I'm just saying, like, no, I'm done, right? I'm not going to listen to any of this. I ain't going to do this. It's too much. So we're going to slow it down. We're going to take a deep breath today, and we're going to look at some of these commands. This morning, we're only going to focus on two commands from the reading from 1 Thessalonians, and those two commands come at the beginning of the reading. Rejoice always and give thanks in all circumstances. And even though we're narrowing our list of commands down to two, even thinking of just about these two can still overwhelm us. 
There's a couple of reasons why these commands can uh, overwhelm us. And, and the first reason is the absolute and perpetual nature of the commands. We get these qualifiers associated with the commands. These two qualifiers, always and in all circumstances. It's one thing to say rejoice from time to time or give thanks sometimes or on occasion. And you think, well, I can do that, right? I can rejoice sometimes. I can give thanks sometimes. But rejoice and give thanks in every moment of every day, regardless of the environment you are in or the experiences that life brings your way, that's a lot harder to do. That's a little bit more of a challenge. Am I supposed to rejoice when I'm suffering? Am I supposed to be, give thanks when bad things happen to me? Thinking about the demands of time that these commands are requiring can overwhelm us pretty quickly. The second thing that makes these commands overwhelming is the fact that we as people are emotional beings. Emotions of all kinds and sizes come to us in life. Sometimes we're feeling grateful, sometimes we're feeling angry, sometimes joyful, sometimes sad, sometimes anxious, and on and on and on. These emotions appear within us quicker than we can think. And these two commands sound like they are telling us to have certain emotions. Be joyful. Be grateful. Feel this way is what it can sound like when we read them. It seems like it's these commands are saying, be, have these emotions all the time. You think, well, I'm not capable of doing that. I, I can't will myself to only have these two emotions in life. It seems impossible. It seems overwhelming. Is the Apostle Paul asking Christians to do something that is impossible? And the answer is no. What seems impossible is really rooted in our misconceptions of what Paul is asking here. We're just talking about emotions and how fickle and ever-changing they are. But Paul is not asking us to have certain emotions here when he says rejoice and give thanks. He is talking about actions to do. Do this action of rejoicing. Do this action of giving thanks. Do these actions regardless of the emotions you are experiencing. Say thank you to God. Say thank you to other people. Thank you for helping me with the dishes. Thank you, God, for creating me. Rejoice. To rejoice is to enjoy what is good in this world. Enjoy God and the goodness of God. And how do you enjoy something? You acknowledge it. You might do that through a song or dance, or you simply might just say or think it. This flower in its beauty is goodness. This chocolate is delicious. Laughing with friends is wonderful. God is awesome. These are all actions of rejoicing, of enjoying the goodness that exists. Paul is saying, do these actions, not have these emotions. But what about the whole kind of always and in all circumstances, right? That still seems a little bit impossible to do. First off, this doesn't mean that we have to give thanks 
or rejoice in the suffering and pain that we experience in our life. We do not have to rejoice over cancer. We do not have to give thanks for the violence that comes against us. Paul is not asking us to do that. We are going to have experiences of pain and suffering. What Paul is asking us to do is to give thanks for and rejoice in the good that we can still see and behold in the midst of the pain and the suffering and the sin and the evil that comes our way. 18th century theologian and pastor Jonathan Edwards, he wrote about humanity being the consciousness of creation. People are the part of creation that are aware. People are the part of creation that can acknowledge God, that can acknowledge ourself. We're the part of creation that can name something as good. Humans are the part of creation that can rejoice and give thanks, can do those conscious acts. This is good, and thank you. And so when we rejoice and give thanks, we are our most human. We are doing what no other part of creation can do. We are living into our vocations, our callings. We are doing what God made us to do. We are being the people that rejoice. We are the people that give thanks. Sin and evil and pain and suffering are trying to unmake us and destroy us. They're trying to turn us into beings that do not rejoice and that do not give thanks. They're trying to make us inhuman. By Paul commanding these actions to rejoice and to give thanks at all times, he is urging Christians to push against the forces of evil and sin, to pursue what is good, to look for what is good, to do what, what we were made to do. And this is exactly what Paul says in verse 18 when he says, give thanks in all circumstances, because the second half of that verse says this, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is what God wants for you. This is what you were made for. Now, I know there have been times in my life, and perhaps there have been times in your own life, when your emotions of fear or depression or anxiety are running full throttle and you cannot look around and you cannot see anything good, you can't rejoice, you can't give thanks, you can't find anything worth doing those things over. And when you find yourself in such a place, and when I am in such a place, Christian community becomes extremely important. It is the Christian community who can offer the words of thanksgiving and rejoicing on our behalf. They do it for us and carry us along. That's one of the reasons I come to church every Sunday. I need other Christians to rejoice and give thanks and bring me along because I don't always feel like it. It's one of the reasons why I get up in the morning and I pray those opening words of Psalm 95 that the prayer book give us to pray. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us rejoice in the joy. Let us shout for the joy of the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. I need to lean on the church and its liturgies because I don't always feel joyful 
and I don't always feel thankful. I can't always rejoice and give thanks, but the church as a community can. The church upholding me when I can't rejoice and I can't give thanks on my own reminds me who I am as a person. It reminds me for what reason God created me, to be someone that gives thanks, to be someone that rejoices. The church community and its liturgy are a lifeline for me that keeps me from wallowing in the darkness and the suffering. And instead, as Paul says in verse 21 in our reading, hold fast to what is good. The church allows me to see the good. And so if you can't find the words to rejoice or give thanks on any day, that's okay. Come here to this place and be with these people. And let this community do for you what you cannot do. And some days you are able to come and you are able to rejoice and give thanks. And know that when you are rejoicing and saying words of thanksgiving, you are not only doing that for yourself, but you're doing that for other people who cannot do so on that day. You are carrying them along so they can remember what it is to be human. It is the church, as the body of Christ, who perpetually and always gives thanks and rejoices. Our relationships with one another in Jesus allows us to fulfill these commands, to rejoice always, to give thanks in all circumstances. It is the church collectively who brings the obedience for these commands and helps us to be the humans we were made to be. Verse 18 talks about it being the will of God for us to do these things, to give thanks and to rejoice. But it also talks about being able to do these things in Christ Jesus. We are able to obey these commands because of Jesus. Jesus came near to us in this world, lived and died and rose from the grave to rescue us from sin and evil and suffering so that we could be the people who rejoice and give thanks. All those who come to Jesus he welcomes to become part of his community. So beloved, do not be overwhelmed today with the commands of God. Do not fret, take a breath, and hear the good news. God's commands are for your own good. You are made to rejoice and to give thanks. And God, who is faithful, has refused to abandon you to the works of darkness that are trying to destroy you, and instead gives you life, and community in Jesus so that you can be the people that rejoice always and give thanks in all circumstances.